an apostle sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's Paul. He's declaring, he's introducing, this is the right way to start the letter. He's saying, he's writing with an authority of an apostle. And what is the most fascinating thing here is that in this place, he needs to declare that his authority has come from the resurrected Lord. And that's why he's saying that Jesus, who was raised from the dead, he has encountered the resurrected Christ. He is the only apostle that has been on this situation. He is the only apostle that has encountered Christ after he was resurrected on the way to Damascus to go and ruin the work that the disciples of Jesus had already started to go and um, preach the gospel into the whole world. So for Paul, it's a very, very interesting encounter. And this is the way that he is going to base his ministry because he wants to start this good news, this proclamation with that encounter. Because actually, it was good news for Paul. We look at the back of the story and we know everything now. And we know, well, probably we don't know how how bad Paul was. But what, what we are told in the scriptures, he was not such a good man. He was not such a good Pharisee. He was a vicious one. And yet Jesus met him. And this is the tone that he wants to start the letter because he knows that the Galatians are messing around. He knows that they have kind of going back to the way where Paul was before he encountered the resurrected Christ. And one of the things that is crucial for Paul and for the Galatians to grasp is grace. Grace. For Paul, he had worked all his life as a Pharisee. He had tried all the other things that existed in the religious background to be trying to obey God on his own terms, on his own efforts, on his own efficiency, on his own power, on his own strength. And he did a good job with it. But when he encountered Christ, he realized that no matter how hard he tried to please God, this was not the good news. Because the good news, the message of the good news is nothing to do 
with you and I do for God, but has everything to do with God has done for each and every one of us. And that's why it's good news. Because in our own, in our own strength, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot, I cannot overemphasize this, please God, And that's why this resurrection and that's why this grace is so relevant to Paul for his own life. That he says to these Galatians, guys, come on. You're missing the point. You're doing gospel plus something else that pleases God. Whereas I'm telling you, I've been there and that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel that's I have taught you that's not the gospel that Jesus gave me to pass on to the Gentiles. That's another gospel. And the reason why Paul can say this is because he was certain that God had spoken to him. He was certain that this encounter of Jesus coming was real. He was also confident that actually when Jesus called him, he called him personally for something which is very tough. We've been reading the book of Acts. Have a look at the life of Paul. I think Paul would have not, or I would have not had a chance to stay in that place if I didn't have the certainty that Jesus had called me. And that's what Paul says. I've given everything for the sake of the gospel of Jesus. So here we are. He is an apostle. He's sent from men, not by a man, but by Jesus Christ, God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace And peace to you. From whom? From God. From whom? From the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why is God the Father able to offer grace and peace to people? Because that's the gospel. Because God did something on behalf of creation. He gave his most precious thing. God didn't give his second best. He gave the most precious thing he had. He sent his son. And that's why he's saying that actually God gave himself for our sins to rescue us. How do we understand the word rescue in the 21st century in Bristol in a middle class setup? What are some of the things that we are in denial of because of our status, because of our position? And what are the things that actually are stopping 
that grace and peace of God to break through so we can really encounter the good news of the gospel. For Paul, it was all he did. For the Galatians, was the encounter of this good news plus what they wanted to do to please God. And he was saying, this is interference, guys. Because in order to be rescued, we need to be accepting that we are in a bad place. I was reading a commentary the other day, and it was saying that when somebody is asking for rescue, do you throw him or her the saving jacket or the life-saving jacket, or do you throw him or her the manual of how to rescue himself? To be rescued is to come to that point That you're saying, I cannot do it. And I bet Paul must have come to that point of saying, I cannot do it on my own. It's so hard. It's actually unrealistic. And this is where God's grace becomes real. So my question this morning is, Now, before I ask the question, I want to say something. One of the reasons why I was very passionate to do something on Galatians was that I really, really pray hard and I'm really passionate that the gospel of Jesus remains good news even for the Christians, even for us. Because we start the gospel with presenting it as a good news when people become Christians. And we forget about that actually the more we believe that this is good news for us, the more we depend on who God is and what he has done for us instead of what we can do for him. So the question that I've got is what are the areas of your own life that you think I can do with a little bit of good news. I can do with a little bit of gospel when God takes the initiative and I let go. And because we are church family, I want to ask the question, what are some of the areas of our church ministry and life that we say What can we do to allow that gospel of Jesus Christ to break through certain situations? Now you say, well, how do you say that? Because we are a Christian community. We're supposed to be doing this anyway. Yes. But the problem is that Galatians were getting complacent with the gospel that was entrusted to them. And if they were able to forget it so close to what Jesus had done and what Paul had done for them, it's 2,000 years afterwards. How much more can we forget? So that's why I want to encourage us 
that when we go this week, we think about the significance of the gospel for each and every one of our lives. The significance of the gospel when God does everything on our behalf and we just approach to him only because of what he has done, not because we deserve it, not because we have done anything. And that's why Paul is able to do that, because he has been in that place. And normally, a letter will continue with the next verses of sharing gratitude. Have a, word, have a look at the other letters of Paul. He'll just give the greeting, and then he would say, I thank the Lord for this and this and this. But situation is serious here. And I think Paul feels the responsibility of bringing these people into the gospel of light, leaving them to carry on their Christian walk, and then they creating their own rules about Christianity. A little bit like the rugby rules in the camps in Albania. And Paul has to get straight to the point. Now, I'm going to say a joke. He's an Albanian. Ruth said, it might work, it might not work. But (laughs) it's a Navy joke. There was... It's not rude, no. (laughs) Two good friends in the Navy. One worked for the communications department. And the communications department was um, in... is responsible to receive all the incoming calls to the base. And then he had to report it to the commander in... Line. So he receives this phone call about his best friend that um, his mom had passed away. So he had to go and deliver this news. So he goes to the commander and he says, this thing has happened. Can you please tell me how do I go about to pass on this news? So the officer says, well, don't say it straight ahead, but just go round and round. So the guy goes this other, to see this other guy. He was um, um, standing there, and he decides to go around him and says, your mother has passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly, Ruth, you warned me. <laughs> John T. Kind of delivery, I think. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say with this stupid joke... <laughs> is that Paul is not wasting his time to bit around the bush. But he's going straight to the point. Because this is very serious. Serious to the point that Paul is astonished. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who has called you to live in the grace of Christ 
are turning to a different gospel, which really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into the confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Ouch. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse twice. It's very serious. It's very serious because this Galatians, this Christian Galatians, are wasting their lives. We're trying to do it again on their own practices. And he's saying, if you've been told to take away your focus from grace and put it on your own self-sufficiency, it's a mess. And you better, you better take action now. I have no time to thank you for anything All you need to hear now, this is what I want you to think and consider doing. Take action now. Don't listen to those who have perverted the gospel. Don't listen to those who have confused the message of the gospel. Don't listen to anybody who preaches you a gospel without grace. Don't listen to anybody who preaches you a gospel with grace plus something else. Only listen and go back, come back to the gospel of grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is serious. If it was serious for the church again, how much more is it for us today? So what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Well, it's good news. That's what it means in Greek. It's good news. And what do we do with the good news? Do we keep it? I think this world is filled up with bad news. All you need to do is switch on the news at 10 o'clock and you've got just a very, very, very minimal glimpse of what's going on. Because even that is kind of restricted to the um, editorials and uh, people who, who write those news. But the gospel itself, it's good news. And I want to be a little bit radical and unapologetic about this. Because I believe that the gospel is the only good news for us. For the non-Christians, for Bristol, for UK, for Europe, for the world. The gospel is the only good news. So what do we do with it? We proclaim it. What do we do with it? How do we proclaim it? Is it only through our lives? Yes, it is through our lives. But I think 
as church, as Christians, we have kind of stepped back a little bit and we're saying, well, I'm trying to preach the gospel with our lives when we know that the practices of the New Testament church were that they were in the proclamation, in the audible elements of preaching and sharing and proclaiming the good news. Is the church in the West bored with the good news of Jesus? Has the church lost touch what that good news means for those broken lives? The truth of the matter is that whenever we come to Christ, each and every one of us comes broken because that's when we allow God to say, you've done it, you have your way, and I'll leave my way. I'll let it go. What is the gospel? It's not only good news, but it's the good news of rescuing. It's God doing it on our behalf. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot rescue ourselves. We can think we do. We would like to do it. We try so hard to do it. But we can't rescue ourselves. What is the good news? I think it's the axle of our individual lives and lives of our community of faith. If we run our lives or if we run our ministries other than on this axle, then we're wasting time. So today I'd really like to challenge myself and challenge you because I really believe that good news can bring hope in our situation. Good news can bring hope. Good news can bring hope at Noah's Ark when we prayed for Jane and for Sophie and for the children and for the staff. Good news can bring hope in the people that come here through coffee. Good news can bring hope even for those people that we bless through the food bank and stuff. But actually, all those things are the results of good news. I want to challenge you this morning saying, have you encountered that good news in that way that you're saying, God, you've done it. I'll stop trying. When Tim Keller was asked about his definition of good news and gospel. He said, this is the good news, this is the gospel. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's God Almighty reconciling himself with his creation. And that's also us responding to that story of reconciliation and saying, God, thank you. 
And as a result of this good news encounter, as a result of this gospel encounter, I want to live my life for you. I'll leave it there. There's more to come in the coming weeks. Um, Emma mentioned it in the morning when we started, but if you think that you'd like someone to pray with and use this opportunity to be thinking about what does it mean for you, and um, certainly I need prayer for that, but um, if you'd like somebody to pray with, um, there are people that are around from the pastoral team. Emma is here. Is Chris around as well? She's upstairs. Um, and then the elders are here, so please feel free to, to pray with one of us. This is not easy stuff, folks. But it's exciting stuff. And I really want for us to be thinking personally, individually, as well as community, about the impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ and put it in the center of our lives and this church. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, that we do not have to do anything to receive your gospel of grace apart from believing and having faith in it. And we realize, Lord, that in our way of wanting to live our own lives, we want to rescue ourselves, Lord. And we interfere and confuse or even pervert your gospel. Lord, help us to stay true to your pure gospel of grace. And do this only through the power of your Holy Spirit. Begin with me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.